0: I wonder where the lattes have had the semen put into them by those gays.
1: Welcome to The Herd Mentality, an eclectic weekly mix of atheistic, humanistic, and scientific conversations with people who are no longer complete strangers. This is part three of the Unholy Trinity Down Under Tour, where we find ourselves in Melbourne. I've spent so much time around Adam these last few weeks that I could set my watch to his trips to the outhouse. Now he's got me doing an intro for a podcast that is nowhere near the Raw Men podcast, and I'm so embarrassed to even be here that I'm actually looking forward to a 17-hour flight out of this upside-down, flip-flop, third-world country. I'm Arun Ra, and I can't possibly endorse listening to whatever happens after this intro. Firstly, Adam tells me that this episode will be helping Tajiniso in Tajikistan to purchase construction materials in order to help her build a food store. 10% of the money raised from this show at patreon.com herdmentality goes to helping women in developing countries using kiva.org Now here's a little bit of raw and Dillahunty in a cab ride home when we were in Melbourne
2: Okay, we've just finished up drinks in the pub at what we thought may have been a skeptics meet up in the pub Matt, Matt Dillahunty
3: Well, there may have been skeptics there Mm -hmm. I I believe I met and spoke to some Uh, Unfortunately, I was sitting next to uh, an American Who's a 9-11 truther And who thinks that ISIS is just the CIA Conducting some kind of (laughs) covert operation So uh, I, you know, rather than getting in an argument I got up and moved And I met a former tarot reader uh, uh, Fraud um, Who acknowledged that it was fraud. So there was a mix of skeptics. There, so there's some encouragement to be had from that. Yeah. I, well, I mean, lets me know that you know, no matter how fucked up I think my country is,
2: it's probably like that in a lot of places. <laughs> I can assure you that's the case. Aaron, how was your attendance perceived by? Well, 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 what did you experience? better?
1: Because I was sitting between the two people you identified as the only the only skeptics in that group.
2: <laughs> Yeah, I think you you got the the best deal. But there were some there, there were some lovely people. There were some strange cats.
3: But it was it was you know it was it's not like it was horrible. It was it was a strange take on my expectations. Because uh, I can sit down and have a drink and find something to talk about with almost anybody. Uh, maybe even Pat Robertson. Uh, he doesn't drink. <laughs> But he's in favor of legalizing weed, so, you know, maybe we could dose him up and have an interesting... <laughs> True story. Yeah. Just sit down
1: with Pat Robertson on one side and Willie Nelson on the other. Okay. <laughs> Bob Marley,
3: spiritually
2: <laughs> sitting in the corner.
3: Well, you know, Willie lives in Austin, or just outside of Austin. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, he's the, one of the, he's the reason that Austin's popular. in The first place Willie Nelson and Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, some others, you know, came down and kind of turned it into the live music capital world. And while marijuana's technically illegal there, uh, you could probably walk down 6th Street smoking a joint and they'd only just tell you to put it out. But my wife when I told her I was moving here to Austin, she's like, "Can we go to Willie Nelson's house and smoke weed with him?" And I was like, <laughs> "I, you know, I know you might think that I'm Famous and stuff, so, but you know, I don't know Willie personally. But I imagine if he showed up on
1: his doorstep with a bag, he'd let you in.
2: Yeah, I, I can't see too many no's being said on that evening.
1: <laughs> Which reminds me, I've been in Australia almost what,
2: you know, two, three weeks, and I still haven't met Tim mention. Oh, you, you keep whinging about this, aren't you? You Americans are so <laughs> precious. you got all these expectations of, you know, riding kangaroos to the venue. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, just dropping by to Ayers Rock (laughs) Bear. I'm pretty pretty (laughs) sure
3: tomorrow night. I'm pretty sure tomorrow night that instead of riding kangaroos to the venue, we'll be ushered in by Oompa Loompas. Because Story House looks like Willy Wonka's playground. (laughs) So you've seen a photo, you haven't seen the venue. I haven't seen the venue, but Andrew showed me a photo. And if it's legit, that's going to be just awesome. It's an amazing venue. I had
2: to drop by there today with, with Andrew. He's one of the other organizers of the event. Because we weren't quite sure that it was going to run as smoothly as, say, Sydney or Brisbane have. Perhaps some audio issues or something? Uh, well, no, hang, okay, well, okay, Dilla, honey, <laughs> let's talk about audio issues and how to put a microphone yeah. on. Because you had yours on your lapel near your belly button. Could it have perhaps gone a little bit closer to the collar? My, la- my mic was right
3: here. No, uh, it fell down later mm-hmm. after the mic problems.
2: Right. I have video evidence. Are we going to review this? Sure. Go to the facts. And now I, see he says this with such conviction that now I self doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I because Seth
3: wanted to clip it on my shirt and I said no, it needs to go right here. So it was my, so when I when I was actually talking, you know, mm. it was fine. When we sat down in the chairs, the cord yanked down mm. and it moved. But also there was there were there was no equalizer, so they couldn't adjust levels, and there was this whine. And
1: I, th- I, I suggest an experiment when we go on stage tomorrow. I will have mic number two, because Matt's had problems with his mic
2: two nights in a row. I just want to see if it's
1: mic number two.
2: Yeah, one of those nights he was playing God. <laughs> <to> be fair. <laughs> Where's Seth? Right now?
1: Mm. Well, it's after dark, so he's
2: probably in. You know, is
4: the, it
3: after eight o'clock? <laughs> it's it's eight twenty-five. Odds are he's asleep. Yeah. Also, although, yeah. to be fair to Seth, he wasn't <laughs> feeling particularly good today. No, so. look,
2: he had a little bit of the flu. So, well, well, that's how it came across to me last night. So, we're heading from this inverted comma skeptics and inverted comma yeah. <laughs> <laughs> event into the city. So, we went out for dinner last night on the Yarra River. Now, Aaron, you've seen the Yarra River before. What's on dinner last night when we finally got to have a feed? Well, I had already
1: had the pleasure of dining alongside the river at an earlier restaurant or another restaurant earlier on. And that was very romantic and lovely. And although it wasn't the type of food that I would make myself and the stuff that I would make myself is better, (laughs) uh, I, I still enjoyed the ambiance. And the ridiculous weather, the way
2: that he speaks so much. It's <laughs> so <laughs> French. So French on the uh, <laughs> <laughs> waterfront. It was very French. Now, guys, we had a fantastic night. But Melbourne, overall, according to you and the anecdotes that I collected last night yes. at the dinner table, yes. it seems to be winning the trifecta fight between Sydney, Brisbane, Brisbane and Melbourne. Uh, sort of. I mean, granted, New Zealand. They nearly
3: had me convinced to move there because Auckland is just gorgeous, and the surrounding countryside is amazing. It, you know, you go to Hobbiton, and you're just like, oh, I want to move into a hobbit hole. But uh, maybe if they set Wi-Fi up, that would be good. <laughs> but
2: uh, actually, Sydney,
3: turned up to things on time. Sydney. Sydney's beautiful, and it's iconic. And you go to the Opera House, and it is, uh, you know, lovely to visit. Um, Brisbane felt kind of like a little more generic. It was hotter, uh, quite the river a bit. Was brown.
1: The river was somewhere between green and brown.
3: But it had, you know, the highlight of having Australia Zoo, which I've wanted to go to for years, and so I get to do that. But when we got off the flight in Melbourne and just kind of walked around, we took a quick hike through uh, Chinatown, stopped then at a sushi place. And there's something about the temperature changed a bit too uh, something about the way the town's laid out it has a feel that is somewhere across between like if you took Austin, Texas San Francisco California and New Orleans Louisiana and mashed them together that's what Melbourne feels like to me so it's it feels a bit more homey a yeah.
2: few uh, the I think that's pretty much the consensus even the um, even Seth's family have said it, it feels very familiar in Melbourne
1: yeah. and I had a number of people replying to me when I drew the con- when I drew the comparison between Melbourne and San Francisco there were a lot of people that said that it was very livable that it was the most livable city and that it had a lot of similarities to San Francisco but that the the
2: natives here believe that in some ways that it's better Melbourne being better than the US at something that, that, this is good news <laughs> would it encourage you to move here Aaron the only the only thing that stands
1: in the way of my moving here honestly is the fact that it's so far away from everything that I need to be involved in if there's any advantage at all to living in Texas it is that we're in the pit of the fight and that's where I think I need to be is that how you feel Matt? Yeah, pretty much. I mean,
3: I could work from anywhere now that I'm you know, producing videos, but uh, there's a lot more opportunities for me to travel around and speak in different places um, when I'm in the United States. I think we've gotten mixed feedback here in Australia about whether or not it's uh, so secular that people are apathetic or whether there's a real problem with fundamentals, and it seems to depend on what area you're in and what you're paying attention to, uh, but I think the specifics of what I do probably are more needed in the backward-ass country that I come from than a progressive country like this one.
2: So the Australians, between us, we can't make a decision. This is, And, and I've sat by, as you guys have been fed mixed information, and and fair play, I've given you different information as well. As, mm. but, but this is all down to my personal bias and my own experiences. What have you taken away from all of that? From all of the information you've got, how do you perceive Australia in terms of religiosity? I get the
3: impression that it's less religious here, less preference for and privileged positioning of religion in Australia. But the thing that I, the thing that I worry about a bit and that I caution people about was, you know, in the nineteenth century in the United States, you had Robert Greene Ingersoll, who's the great agnostic, you know. And these intellectuals got to the point where they said, oh, we've got this religion thing sorted. It will just go away. And so we'll just let the peons keep the religion and we'll stay quiet. And it became taboo to talk about these things. And then in the 1950s, you had the McCarthy-era reaction to the godless communists, where we ended up with, in God, we trust all over our money, and all sorts of stuff like that. And now you've got a battle. um, And we're winning. And the world, the United States and the rest of the world, is becoming gradually you know, more secular, more reasonable, but there's a lot of work to do, and I, I worry that some of the more secular co- countries, uh, that complacency could end up causing a problem.
2: Aaron,
1: I think that the religious claims need to be held accountable, whether they're in education or medicine or, or whatever they're saying. You, that is, I, I say this all the time. It is. Dishonest to assert as fact that which is not evidently true and to claim to know things you don't really know. And people, when they make these type of claims, they need to be held accountable for that, and they need to be challenged for that. And we should not be voting for people who believe that snakes and donkeys can talk and that magic spells really happen and who deny science and who are who are supposed to be leading the world in scientific advances and education and who are trying to undermine education and expressly so. Like when uh, Pre- Rick Perry was running for president, he said he wanted to get rid of the Department of Education because they don't want people to know things. We need to understand that we're supposed to vote for people who are smarter than us, who can conduct things better than us, who don't have dichotomous thinking, who don't think in black and white, and who understand who, how to analyze nuances for the best possible decision.
2: Gentlemen, thank you for taking a cab with me.
1: Next up, we've got Matt unleashing his inner Bogosian on a Melbourne street evangelist.
3: Actually, my phone's
5: on in airplane mode, so I can't get to my name. You don't have a Bible? I do on the phone
3: Exodus 21 yes verses 21 and 22 and then in Leviticus 23 or 25 is where it talks about owning them as property and passing them on to your kids there's different rules for Hebrew slaves there it was, a, than it there was are. a
5: cultural thing you
3: know, well you those. can this was about Jews owning people and so the Jews could have other Jews as slaves as long as they let them go in but six they years but they were supposed to, supposed to treat them right Sure. Yeah. What difference does it make? Can I enslave you? Would you be my slave if no. I treat you right? No. Do you think that's immoral for me to own you if even if I was, treat if you it right? it was
5: 4,000 years ago, I might. So
3: 4,000 years ago, morality was different? No. It, it, it depends. I guess it depend, would depend on my situation. Why would it depend on the situation? If it's wrong to own people, it's wrong to own people, well, right? Yes. Yes, I so, agree. It, so we agree that it's wrong to own people, and yet the Bible has God telling people they can own people.
2: Bible. interesting question
3: it's one of the things that never makes sense if I was God and I'm giving instructions to people in a book and it's it is in fact immoral to own people I would say thou shalt not
2: own people as property yeah I think it even gives you instructions on how to uh, to what degree they can be beat putting out I put out nine you
0: can beat them as long as they don't die within a day or two What's and if man smite his servant, or his made with a rod, that, and he die... That,
5: will that be the only thing that keeps you from believing in God? No, I, I need positive evidence for when something. When a man strikes his slave, male or female, with a rod, and the slave dies under his hand, he shall be avenged.
3: But if the slave survives or tears, he is not to be avenged, for the slave is his money, yes. his property. Yeah. Now, that's not good. That's immoral. No, a, oh. And yet this is supposed to be the word of a God. Why would I listen to a... I don't even think this But you're exist. weighing
5: one verse against the
3: whole look at No, no, I wasn't, I wasn't going to be a preacher. i, I studied yeah, yeah. this stuff oh, for oh, 25 years. Yeah, yeah. There's more than just that law. All right, the time. Bible's treatment of women and everything. But, but the core of it is, I don't have any reason to think that any of that's true. And if that God does exist, I have no interest in what he has to say because I'm already morally superior to him because I care more about people. How about Jesus treatment of women? So, what? Depart from me,
5: woman? No, he said he didn't treat women as equals. He said he said to the woman who was caught in adultery. Yeah. He said who is who is accusing you? And she said nobody. He said neither do I accuse you. Yeah. go and sin no more. That's 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 not a treatment
3: of a woman specifically as a woman. That's just addressing someone's sin and saying I forgive you.
5: Like he he's
3: without sin cast the first stone. But when it comes and to what women... what is
5: the example that you're trying you're telling me about him treating a woman badly? His mother, first of all. How did he treat a baby? You don't remember when, when the disciples
3: came to Jesus and said, Your family's out there and said and he said, What do I have to do with them? I'm not here for them. Yes,
5: because he was on a on a mission. Yeah. Yeah. Well, where did Jesus say the same, that women were? It was he, the same where I was when I was a missionary in China. But uh, so there's the no people I where... I didn't get to my either my parents' funerals. Sure. Because I was over there. And uh, I mean it's, it's just the same situation with him. He was on a mission. He was doing something, and he was just saying, okay, they're my family, but this is my family too. Well, no, no he wasn't saying they're my family. Yeah. This was depart from me
3: type stuff. But anyway, th- yeah. there's nothing in there. Um, so, so what is it that, that you think is so good about what Jesus has to say? Because I've gone verse for verse through the, through yeah. their, like, the Sermon on the Mount, and there's some good stuff and there's some bad stuff. It encourages people to view themselves as victims. You know, it's if you are, if people are rude to you or whatever, then, you know, when you're out preaching my word, um,
5: it, it, it encourages people to be expect to be victims. If people are rude, are rude to you, you said they said they don't hate you. They hate you because they hate me. Yeah, that's but that's not the case. What if you're just an ass? Well, some people are. Yeah. yeah. So the I same don't people come out your I, I don't.
3: I don't hate God or Jesus any more yeah. than I hate Lord Voldemort. Yeah. But that's because I don't think they exist. Uh-huh. So, what evidence do we have that there is a God?
2: Uh,
5: look around
3: you. Uh, okay, I'm looking. Yeah. What? What should I see that tells me there's a God? Intricacy. Intricacy. Yes. Why does that tell look me? Look at your a God? own body. Yeah.
5: At, why, <laughs> why does this tell me there's a God? <laughs> look at your own body. Look at. What science is finding out about the the cells of, that are they're looking more and more into what cells are made of what they're finding out is that
3: we are finding natural es- explanations for everything we've never found a supernatural not
5: finding that,
3: we've never that found a actually supernatural not
5: finding that natural explanations we've n- never saying
3: that like, but it's say it. we've never found a supernatural explanation for anything
5: no one has ever been able to confirm the existence of anything supernatural Okay, but scientists will tell you that the Big Big Bang happened, something happened out of nothing. If that's not supernatural, then what is? Um, well, first of all, that's not what the Big Bang is. Um, well, it is. Had... I mean, there was nothing, and then there was something. No, what, what the physicists are
3: talking about by nothing is not the same thing that you're talking about is nothing. Um, They're talking about dark about
5: energy and dark matter. And, no, actually, that's not it either. Radio and, <laughs> I'd, I'd encourage not, you to uh, actually look into it instead of just getting like... I am looking notes. into it. I look into it all the time. I read creation.com magazines all the time. Yeah, maybe you should read Fine. science.com magazines instead of the propaganda that's coming from... Creation magazines are all scientists. They're all PhDs. Um,
3: yes. And, PhD the number, and the number of PhD and scientists... And they won't allow them into
5: the club of... Scientists. Yes, yeah, if they're all right, They probably would be allowed. It. <laughs> if
3: they were actually to, de- if they were actually able to demonstrate the truth of what they're claiming,
5: can evolutionists demonstrate
3: yes.
0: evolution? Yes.
3: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Do you realize? So you're saying here's some scientists yeah. that believe this.
0: Yeah. This is
3: my my finger here is how many scientists are creationists. Yes, okay. I know. And from here to the other end of the street are the scientists who aren't. That doesn't now, make them right. You're right. It doesn't make them right. But you know what does make them right? What? Right. From here to the other end of the street yeah. are scientists who presented peer-reviewed papers that actually demonstrate the truth of what they're claiming, That's and right. these guys haven't, they not all review them.
5: They have a peer re- peer-reviewed magazine. Do you, to you go to, to the doctor?
3: Treat- yes. Why is it you accept science when you go to the doctor and you reject it when it conflicts
5: with well, what you believe? I don't necessarily trust all doctors.
3: Well, I don't either.
5: So but you trust that, that it's, better than, what I, it's better than what I can do. Sure. I can't cut myself open too well.
3: Sure. So when so, it comes to scientists who are talking about origins, yeah. you're going to trust the ones that agree with what you believe, but not the ones who represent the, the vast body of science that you would... You, you realize that the physics used...
5: But they have no proof. I you mean they have no proof? They have. Well, you, you show me the proof. Of what? Of... Origins.
3: Oh sure. Well, the fact that we are being. we are well, I was going to go with common ancestry. Yeah. We are common ans- We have common ancestors with everything else on the planet, and we can trace our common ancestry to the other great apes by looking at chromosome two, where there was a fusion that took place. Okay. So how about carbon dating? Yeah. Accurate. Uh, so so yeah, this is one of the things I was getting to. Is it
5: accurate? Yes.
3: So here's the thing. Uh, I'm going to guess, and I'm probably right. Yeah. That you can't tell me what carbon dating is or to what no, extent? No, I can't, okay. no,
5: because I'm not a scientist. Sure.
3: Uh carbon, the
5: thing is... Carbon-14
3: dating will uh-huh. date things to about 50,000 years. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's as far as it, it's good for. Me. However, yeah. carbon dating is not the only dating mechanism we yes. have. There's also potassium-argon dating yeah. and a variety of radiometric datings. Yes. And then there are things that aren't radiometric datings, like tre- uh, tree-ring dendrology and yeah. things. yep. So you take things, and we're really lucky because this method overlaps yeah. with this method. Yeah. And so we look at the places where they overlap and they give us consistent dates. And that's how we know that the methods are reliable.
5: So, in that case, they keep telling us, David Attenborough keeps telling us about dinosaurs that are so many million years old. Yes. Right? How come then there are fossils that have been found where there are dinosaur footprints and man's footprints Well, in the same piece of rock? So first of all, you might be
3: talking about Glen Rose, Texas, which is a little bit north of where I'm from. Yeah. Uh, that guy's a fraud. It's been demonstrated he's a fraud. I would recommend going to talkorigins.org where they have a list of all the creationist claims and responses to some of them. Some of the responses you'll be happy to know are, we don't know. Yeah. I'm fine. So you asked me, how did the universe begin? I don't know. But you're saying you do know, and I want to know how you know.
0: Okay. I
5: don't, I can't prove it to you. And, and even, why I I believe even, it? I believe and something? If, and if, even if I did prove it to you, you still probably wouldn't believe it. I believed it
3: for 25 years. Don't say that. Okay. If you could demonstrate that it was true, i believe it. I'll believe anything anybody can demonstrate is true. But when you say, you can't demonstrate it to well, me, I'm at, my question is, yeah. if you can't demonstrate it to me, why should anybody, including you, believe it? Shouldn't you wait till something can be demonstrated before you believe it? No. So you should believe things before they've because
5: been demonstrated. That's faith. Well, faith, why faith, is faith is pretending to know things you don't know? Is there anything that you couldn't justify with faith? Couldn't I believe anything on faith? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the
3: conviction of things not seen. Right, but see, when you say you're, you're willing to believe something before it's been demonstrated, yep. because that's faith. Yep. Why would you? Why is faith a good thing? Because couldn't faith justify
2: anything? Couldn't oh, I use could, faith? Yes, yes. Okay, so if, faith, you, yeah.
5: if
3: you have a method that can justify but we have anything, a book.
2: don't you care about what's true? But we have a book. That's a can' okay. ham saying, and it didn't go down well the first time because what? the book—the book is the claim, not the proof. Yeah. yeah that's, what,
3: that's, that's what reason okay. do you have to believe the
5: book? Because it has helped me
3: a lot. Okay, I've had lots of books that helped me, but that yeah. doesn't doesn't mean I believe everything that's in it. Okay. So I, I acknowledge that there's there's good sayings in there. There's things sayings that you turn the other cheek and be, be on a piece of it. sell your belongings, give the money to the poor. Which I haven't met too many Christians who actually do that, but that's what Jesus no. told them to do. Yes, uh, I think that'd be a pretty good thing. But when you start saying that the earth is six to ten thousand years old, and somebody cares when you masturbate, and that they're going to send you to hell if you don't believe this, I don't see any reason to believe those things. I don't think anyone cares when you masturbate. I don't either. <laughs> and it's not in there, but there are Christians who think it is. It's not. Uh, Onan wasn't punished for masturbating. He was punished for not impregnating his dead brother's wife. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. But my, I care about what's true. I want to okay. believe as many true things, whatever they are, and as few false things as possible. And that okay. means I that's need good. I need some mechanism. Mm-hmm. Faith can't be that mechanism because
2: faith could you could justify anything with faith. Okay. Muslims have faith. Scientologists have faith. As an outsider looking in, yeah. that, that, that's a book that makes the claim and you have faith yeah. in it. Um, but read books where Batman drives around yeah, at night fighting crime, sure. and I'd like to believe it's true, but with the the reason you gave for believing, I could just as easily use for believing in Batman. I can't demonstrate either okay. one of them.
5: I accept that, yeah.
2: So, how do we determine I don't
5: what know. I mean, I've been a Christian now for, I don't know, 39 years or something, 38 years, and before that I railed against it. And all I know is that um, when I came to believe in Jesus, mm-hmm. that He did change my life.
2: Has He spoken to you?
5: Audibly, uh, a couple of times. I would, I would
3: I would be willing to accept that. A couple of after times, you came, yeah. I would be willing to accept that after you started believing, yeah. your life changed. Yeah. But I wonder. How, you said after you started believing, He changed your life. Yeah. How do you know that he changed your life and not that your life just changed right. and you're crediting him?
5: I, I changed my life in line, in line with what his word yeah. says. That's so honest. He changed his life. He changed my uh, life. But what you went through could happen enough. whether
0: Jesus is it could, real or not. And it does. Yes, so it's it not it reason does. to believe still. Okay. Because well. I, I, I had a friend who said um, that she got through something with God, yeah, I know, and I yeah. said. No, you did that. You just called that part of you God. And she actually agreed with me. And I think that's what's happened with you. You, you... You know the stories of what Jesus can do for someone's life. You know that things get better when someone accepts yeah. Jesus and believes it. And so you put yourself on a it's positive path a, a because of what you believe. bit more than that. But it, it's, nothing it's, happened to you that couldn't have happened without Jesus. People go through recovery. They get yeah. better. They get out of dire situations with and without Jesus. Yeah, so Jesus wasn't necessary did, for what you Before went I
5: believed in Jesus, I did overcome some things, but there were other things I could not. And I just ended up with it. But oh, you did No, I couldn't. No, it, impl- it was impossible.
3: How, how do you know it was impossible for you to overcome it? Have other people overcome it?
5: Well, okay. Well, other people. I'm, I'm, over- I'm other a They're not me, are
3: they? I'm a magician. I've been one for 40 years. There are many things that I thought were impossible. Are uh, you a that famous magician?
5: Ma- magician? Uh, do you uh, want like, the one on TV that does... No, shows? no. <laughs> uh, those, I'm uh, on
3: TV, but not for those magic. Those signs of wonders? No. Uh, I'm on TV but not for magic, but there's many things that I thought were impossible, and I tried it many times, and if I'd stopped, I'd say, well, I couldn't do that. Yeah. But if you keep going, and we know people do these things... Let me ask you something else, because we're getting ready to head back. Gotta, i got to go to a bookstore and we're
5: doing this other thing. Um, what happens to me when I die, according to what you play? Well, according to the Bible, you either go to be with God, or you go to be in help. So, you're, you believe in a literal hell? Like I do.
3: Flames, yes, and I that's do. where I live. I,
5: I don't like it, but I believe it. Are you a parent? No,
3: I'm not. Okay. Um, my wife and
5: I are in we were all back. Yeah.
3: Uh, My wife and I can't have kids, either. But
5: if are I did... From, are you from Dallas? I'm from Austin. Austin? Texas, I've been yeah. there. My um, American, too. If I had kids...
3: Yes. I'd never operate in the way that God supposedly does. There's no way I'd build a torture chamber in the basement and send them there if they don't love me. Not for one minute, let alone eternity. But you only have a man's perspective on things. You don't have God's perspective. Sure. What perspective could there possibly be
5: that could justify that? Yeah, because there's, uh, we have been disobedient to God. Okay, if my kids were disobedient, I'm still not going to send them to a the Georgia chamber at all. But you would tell them what the truth is, and if they want to believe it, it's up to them. Yeah. And if they don't, what do I do to them?
3: Send them to hell. <laughs> Why would I send my kids to hell? I love them. Okay. I wouldn't
5: well, send anybody to hell. God, God loves us too, but He can't endure our sin. He will not? Bite, he won't abide, us. He won't abide our sin. So perfect. This is green, his. This is his plan.
3: I know. Why, why is his plan to create so many people to torture forever? You'll have to ask him. I don't think he exists. But well, I'm saying, careful. if if that if somebody came to me and said, yeah. "I've got this plan. Yeah. I'm perfect, yeah. but I'm going to create imperfect people, mm-hmm. and the vast majority of them, I'm going to punish forever because they're imperfect."
5: Well, he created. Two, He's a moral monster. He created two people that were perfect, and they. No, chose.
3: No. no. The Bible doesn't say they were perfect. it Says they were good. Not perfect. If they were perfect, they well, couldn't possibly have sinned. If they were perfect, they
5: couldn't have sinned. Okay, Plus, well,
3: what, what was their sin? Them. Their yeah. sin was eating the tree, the fruit of the tree, the knowledge of good and evil. Well, they were told not to. Right. But to if this is the tree that tells you what's right and wrong, then they couldn't possibly have known that it was wrong to eat that until after they ate it. Well, they were told not to eat it. Okay. So but if you tell somebody not to do something, then they don't know it's wrong to not to do it. Mm-hmm. Until after they've done it, how can you punish somebody when they don't have, when they don't understand good and evil until after they've taken the act? I don't know. I don't either. It's a philosophical. And, argument, when, I guess. and when I when I look at what this God does, not only is it like a comedy of failures, but I I'm more moral than He is, and so is everybody I've ever met. Because there's no way. No, that's according to your own standards, so not his. Well, then, what other standard could there be other than my understanding? If he created me so that I can't understand his standard, that's still his fault. You can understand if you read this. I've read it. It's horrible. Right. Read it again?
2: I've read it. I've taught it. I've <laughs> preached it. I've preached against it. I it. suspect it's a horrible Matt's book. read that uh, a lot more than most Christians. Okay and understands
3: it better in I mean, multiple I mean, I'm
0: variations a, of
3: the book. I'm an atheist because I took my obligation under 1 Peter 3.15 seriously. Yes. Where I'm to be ready at all times to give a reason for the faith that's within me and to do so with gentleness and kindness. That is 1 Peter 3.15. Um, but when you come across Exodus 21, Leviticus 25, Deuteronomy 23, when you see how the, that women are not treated the same, and when you look at the grand scheme, there's this idea that, oh, God's ways are greater than our ways. You know, we can't see, we can't understand things from his perspective. So we just have to trust that these things that look evil are actually good. But that's dumb. Because if I create beings and create them incapable of understanding my motivations to the point that they think my moral acts are immoral, that's my fault. I created them wrong. How can I possibly punish them for that? Well, I guess... We're all going to find out, aren't we? Probably I don't not. think we are. <laughs> I think we are. I think Probably we not. So far as I can tell, when I'm dead,
5: it's
2: over. Okay. We've not... Beyond the claims made in the book, we've never seen people come back from the dead, per se, Is telling who, who can tell us firsthand what the heaven or people hell is people like. make claims about I, what it's like to
5: be dead or alive? I've heard, I've heard people who have come back from hell. What does that mean? Well, they died and they were led into a place... That was horrible. So oh, far dead, as we know, dead, nobody's come several, back from that. Dead. Dead, dead for several minutes? Ah, so you're talking about the near death experience. Near death isn't death. And so. How do you know that? Well, because first because of all, want. death
3: is a process, and w- when it's over, you don't come back. But. Uh, these people who relay their near-death experiences, why do they always relay the religion that they tend to already believe? You know, Muslims have... No, these people, none of them believed beforehand and they believed afterwards. No, no, they were—they they understood these things and were raised in a culture that believed. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. yeah. So it's like Muslims see Muslim imaging, Catholics okay. see the Virgin Mary, you know, all these things. Um, but we know from science that what's happening during this process of death, your brain is deprived of oxygen. Your brain in a state where it's working less effectively than it is right now while we're talking. Why would you trust what the brain says during that state more than what it says when it's working correctly? I mean, normally, when people have a malfunctioning brain to that point, we kind of medicate them or lock them up. So the evidence is not in trustworthy. I, uh, I appreciate your time.
1: Here, Matt and Adam are wandering away from the experience, pondering some thoughts.
3: It was sort of Unaware of the ignorance But he was still spouting the Pronouncements about science While acknowledging I'm not a scientist, I don't know anything about this Mm. So when we talked about radiometric dating The one point that I was Trying to make that I didn't get to is He's okay going to the doctor Where the science That leads to radiometric dating Is also used For x-rays And cat scans and you know And that's all good And the only reason it's good Because he has no expertise in either of them The only reason that one's good is because It doesn't conflict with his religious beliefs And if the only reason he's rejecting Certain scientific findings Is because they conflict with his religious beliefs That's a problem And it's one he's got to reconcile And he was He was really forthcoming in acknowledging That his foundation is faith And that faith could be used To justify anything
2: Mm. So why trust it? So when he he also brought up the question of evolution, actually, and uh, didn't seem to give it a lot of credibility. No. And you went the angle of, well, have you ever been to a doctor? I would have probably leaned towards, have you ever had a flu shot? True.
3: Um, I went to, to like, chromosome 2 because it it hits a little harder that somebody knows a lot more science than than they do. Mm Mm-hmm. I also pointed him to talk origins because he was raising, you know, the common objections that are already, you know, they've been there for 20 years or 15 or 20 years with responses. And he acknowledged, oh, no, I'm getting all, I'm getting my stuff from creation.com or whatever. And uh, he had bought into this idea that the scientists at sites like creation.com are real scientists who are being excluded Hmm. from the scientific cabal because they're creationists and in reality if a creationist could demonstrate scientifically the truth of what they're saying um, they would usher in whole new fields of research, they would get Nobel prizes, the Templeton Foundation prize, you name it um, The scientific it's not the fault of science that the rigorous methods of science exclude creation That's the fault of creation, just like it's the fault of homeopathy, and astrology, and any other crap idea that can't meet the strict guidelines. We have those guidelines so that our beliefs are most likely correct. You have a very strong filter to keep out the the garbage. That
0: was good fun. Thank you. Thanks.
1: In Melbourne, we had a meet and greet with our fans at Embiggen Books. Here's Adam having a chat with Steve. His Twitter handle is at TwinARP.
2: And down in Embiggen Books in Melbourne, at the meet and greet for the Unholy Trinity, I'm joined by TwinARP. G'day. How you doing?
0: I'm very well. I'm very pleased to be here to see three people whose opinions I admire so much. Uh, Matt, Aaron, I've met before at the Atheist Convention a couple of years back, where I met you for the first time. No, no, I met you more recently than that.
2: Um, Australian Skeptics Convention. Yes, lots of fun. Indeed, indeed it was. And you've come down to the bookshop, brought a bottle of scotch, I flinging have. it round. It's got some fire in it.
0: I have, it's a very pleasant bottle, That I. it's one of my favourites. It's about twice as expensive as a regular bottle of scotch, but it's completely <laughs> worth it. That's yeah, Um It's even good to drink out of plastic glasses. Yes, it's sinful, isn't it? <laughs> Describe what's going on here. There is about 30 people crowded into one of Melbourne's most beautiful bookshops run by two very talented people, Warren and Kirsty. This is a curated bookshop. It's got no woo, it's got no crystal rubbers, no self-help books based on nothing, no fad diets. If you want books, if you have any interest in books, come and talk to Warren. He's a really genuinely nice guy who will send you in directions... With books that you hadn't thought about, I'm looking over onto the shelf, and the first one I can
2: see there is something by Joseph Campbell, The Power of Myth. Yep. <laughs> um, Naturalists in Paradise by Wallace Bates and Spruce in the Amazon.
0: And the future of blasphemy. <laughs> the
2: future of blasphemy.
0: Yes. Let's hope it's a short future, eh? Neil deGrasse Tyson. Gee, the, all the science books are out. Yeah, right? he Spruce. is. He's got a great section of books, mm-hmm. and there is a lot. Of, the crowd is gathered. They're not madly around Seth and Aaron and Matt, but they are adoringly gathered around them, <laughs> which they deserve. For there's
2: more and more people coming in as we speak. The it's work they do for atheism busier.
0: is it's great. I mean, you've got to get out there and spread the word, particularly in somewhere as wild west as the US. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I asked them that question last night, and you'll hear it on the podcast before this segment. I said, would you move to Australia? And they said, we'd love to,
0: but that's
2: not where the fight is.
0: No, no, I suspect that's true. Um, The fight here is a very quiet one. We fund religious schools, which frightens me. Mm. Uh, We have four Jesuits in power in in Canberra, Mm. the Treasurer and the Prime Minister and a couple of his close cohorts, who've got dominionist attitudes and our Prime Minister spreads them around like they're normal. Mm. Yeah, so I bet the fight is, is there. The, the nutjobs. There's a few nutjobs here. There's Fred
2: Nile and his mates. Oh, well, yes, well, he's blocked me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't get to interact with my good mate Fred anymore.
0: But he hasn't put the semen in the latte. No,
2: that's, that's not Fred. <laughs> well, how do we know that he hasn't? Oh, mm. we don't, I suppose. Mm. But we're out tonight. After this event, we've got a... I think there's a couple of pub gatherings getting together. Yes. We've basically sold out Melbourne. Melbourne's the biggest oh, venue we've done so far. I think there's going to be about 500 people at last count. Excellent. There are about 13 places left. So if they don't go on the internet, they'll go on the door, and it's going to be a great night. I did say the other day there was 50 left, and I
0: thought, well, I'll probably get rid of those. Mm-hmm. It's, um, yeah, it's going to be an entertaining night. I'm looking forward to it.
2: Twin up or at Twin Up. Uh, an abbreviation for...
0: The world is not a rational place. Good to meet you again. And you, Adam. Thank you very much.
1: During our Melbourne event, Adam caught up with Kylie Sturges of the Token Skeptic podcast.
4: And we're live. What's up? Um, I Nice. Hello, Kylie. Hello, Adam. How are you holding up? I'm on some seriously interesting medication in order to deal with some food poisoning that I got before <laughs> I came here. So even just walking down the stairs over there in order to fetch my phone suddenly became immensely dangerous. So ah. anything that these guys are doing down here just seems fabulous and wonderful, <laughs> would you even like more that than broadcast? normally would.
2: Would you like all that broadcast? I'm absolutely
4: with? fine with it. This is the level <laughs> of effort I go to people in order to be at events and help at events. You may have seen me wildly tweeting and quoting everything that's going on, on the stage. Yeah. Most of it's going through in a blur, <laughs> but I'll do it for you. Because, you are
2: know, enjoying your talks?
4: Ah. Uh, I think so. There may have been an elephant on the stage. I'm not sure. (laughs) There was pelicans at one point. They started talking about the gospel.
2: Some of these these medications. Oh, it's not fun.
4: I no, it's not fun. I show you. Um, (laughs) But no, seriously, it's um, it's good. I think it's been educational. I hope there's a lot of people down there who. Well, I certainly did a few box pops at the beginning, which indicated a few people came to their understanding of atheism due to contradictions that they saw in their life but be able to get an understanding of the historical background of why atheism has become the growing force that quite frankly it is and to get an understanding of why the Bible contradicts itself, it's something that not many people go into depth into mm. To have a bunch of speakers appear who are very well versed in these kinds of topics, who do have a philosophical background and are able to talk confidently about it, is very inspiring and also uh, certainly something I hope encourages people to investigate why or why not they are people of the faith.
2: Mm. I always enjoy watching the people who are peripheral to this. Oh. So the security guards, the ticket takers, the uh, the staff at the venues.
4: I, I very rarely not work at a, an event, as far as I'm concerned. It's part of the joy of being involved in <laughs> yeah. an atheist community. So.
2: Yeah, and, and getting all hands-on. But, but the security guard here walks over and says, this is really, really interesting. Yeah. I don't know. That's with not them, unusual.
4: That's not unusual at all. But yeah. they're
2: really good, and they know their stuff.
4: Happened at the Global Atheist Convention. Um, we ended up, yeah, having people who are involved as staff members and cater and go, oh, this is great, or you know, engineers behind the scenes go. this is really great content,
2: hmm. and so forth. Yeah. So what do you do? What's your podcast? How can we find out more about it?
4: I am the only female atheist, sceptic, solo podcaster in Australia. I think that needs to change. I have been doing this since 2006. The amount of podcasting and work in sound audio work that has accumulated over time has resulted in my getting qualifications in radio broadcasting. I now currently do radio broadcasting at two radio stations in my hometown. One is community radio station RTFM, which is by its sort of name, Artie. It's an arts and culture station, and when I first joined there, they did have a few advertising elements which did tend towards the less sceptical, but not for long. And now I am kind of one of the many go-to current affairs broadcasters and live radio broadcasters on RTRFM for a show called The Mag, and I occasionally investigate arts issues on a weekly show called Artbeat. Since I have my qualifications, if you started asking me about my qualifications, essentially I have more letters after my name than in my name. If you really give a shit, you can have a look at the Wikipedia page most people don't. I'm usually just that goofball running around backstage covered in cello tape and gaffer tape, waving around a microphone in order to help somebody else look awesome on stage. And as far as I'm concerned, that's pretty much what I do in podcasting too. Other people are awesome, other people are far more interested in me. Other people have fascinating insights and educational experiences and activist projects that they're involved in and are passionate about. And I enjoy helping people express that through audio
2: your podcast is The Token Skeptic yes can we find this at tokenskeptic.org
4: yes you can indeed you can also find a new project which I'd love to get more people helping out with one of the things I really enjoy doing is encouraging people to podcast whether they're in the field of philosophy in the field of um, science fiction fandom or just generally want to podcast their passion if people are interested in contributing to a new podcast by the Atheist Foundation of Australia called the AFA podcast pretty straightforward and snappy get into it consider can we get everyone to come in and uh, sit down
2: and the more women the better we've got some more information to impart Th-
4: absolutely the more women the better
2: thanks Kylie you're welcome after the show we wandered
1: back to the hotel bar exhausted but not defeated Adam had some beards with beards, beards. <laughs> Adam had beers with some hurt mentalists Andrew Simone Steve and Joel from what he says he can remember it was quite pleasant
2: and I'm here in a pub after the event because I've met up with a whole bunch of herd mentalists. Let's go. We're going to do the roundtable.
0: Hello. My name is Awood underscore 898, eight, and I was at the Unholy Trinity Tour in Melbourne. It was fantastic. It was great to see these people who whose names you know, whose faces you don't really associate to the voices, quite like Adam's here. And to actually see them on stage and talk so passionately, it was absolutely fantastic.
4: Hi, I'm Simone. Uh, Simone in Oz on Twitter. It was a great night. Everybody had a great time. The uh, audience was uh, really riled up, and uh, it was a very full house, and I think everybody had a great time.
0: Hi, I'm Steve. I'm at Twinarp on Twitter. That's The World Is Not A Rational Place. I came here to see Adam and Matt and Aaron and Seth and it was a wonderful night. Good day. it's uh, at uh,
2: ABC Hammerstein, um, her mentalist and uh, my favourite thing was how generous the guys were with their time after the, after the show. Next
1: episode, this show will be back to regularly scheduled programming. In the meantime, if you're actually wanting to watch something entertaining, check out the Raw Man podcast hosted by myself and Mark Nebo, or Be Secular. Or take a look at my YouTube channel by typing in A-R-O-N-R-A into the search bar. I'm RN Ra, and I'm far more popular, intelligent, and good-looking than whoever it is who normally hosts this show. Next up, we've got Matt unleashing his inner Boghossian in a... Mil- in a... Oh, fuck. <laughs>